Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one bestseller, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, A Holistic Approach. If you are a sensitive soul wanting to change the world, you're in a good place because that is what we are here to do, to help empower you, inspire you to create the life that you really desire so you can fulfill your mission. And uh, we have guests on this show that are going to help us with uh, prosperity, with uh, relationships, um, with manifesting, with spirituality. Um, I'm just so thrilled with all the different people that we have interviewed over the years. And it's been many years that we've been doing this show. So, And I have a free gift for you as well. If you're new to my tribe, you can go to sensitivesoulguide.com and get my new Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide, the three strategies and ways to navigate your way to more peace, more power, and personal uh, positivity. So if you are um, here because you want to listen to our next speaker talk about transforming like daily irritations and trauma to peace and positivity, I think you're in the right place because today I'm interviewing Selena Matreya and she is a celebrated uh, author, uh, lecturer, and teacher of practical spirituality. She's a transformational agent. So she helps to empower people by showing them how to reactivate and actualize their energy fields so they can respond to any chaos that lands in their daily life um, from one of their highest frequencies like peace, kindness, compassion, tolerance, understanding, wisdom, gratitude, and grace. So consciously choosing an energetic response to one's life enables you to be able to turn any difficulty into an opportunity to be high-frequency energy, which enables you to manifest more of what you want and less of what you don't want, move through your life with more peace, more certainty, more grace. And I think this is perfect because a lot of people are having trouble in their everyday lives and getting irritated. I know that, I mean, I even though I'm a spiritual teacher and uh, know the you know that all this is true that do I still get irritated absolutely <laughs> you know uh, luckily for me it doesn't last days or weeks anymore uh you know may last a few minutes and or even you know a, a few hours depending on what it is but um I have my tools and I think this is so important for all of us to know how to do that so even if you think it's not a big deal okay even if you think it's not a big deal like if you have like in my case you know I brand new website up you know however we just realized that on the old website there were a lot of links to my <laughs> to my membership sites and things like that and we're just discovering you know which of these links are broken so these are like these little irritations and so I can sit in that space and you know be able to go oh yeah okay I'm, I'm realizing I'm getting a little irritated here and you know and then you know use my tools and, and these ways of self-coaching so I think what Selena's going to share with us today is super powerful and you can check out a free master class of hers calling uh, it's called sorry become the abundance you seek and uh, check out uh, practical spirituality with Selena and Selena is spelled s-e-l-i-n-a so practical spirituality with Selena.com. And we'll be talking a little bit more about her free masterclass that she would like to gift our listeners today. And she's a very, very interesting story. And I want her to share that with you herself. So, uh, and if you want to ask a question, get some free coaching, the number to call in 818-514-1190. Again, the number is 818-514-1190 and hit one. So we know your hands up and I'm also going to open the chat. So if you're online with us live, 
time, you can actually type your question into the chat. So welcome, Selena. Well, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm thrilled that you're here, and I hope I I, spell, uh, I pronounced your last name right. And if not, I apologize. No worries. It's not an easy one. It's Maitreya, so no worries. Maitreya. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so um, now you have a very interesting background of uh, you know I think I think so many of the folks that I interview do, and it's like part of that, what do we call a hero's journey of where you came from and how you became who you are today, which is really interesting. So I'd love for you to share with our listeners your story. Well, let's see. I'll do it in as condensed and informative way as possible. I'm about to turn 65 in March, so it's been a long time. I actually was introduced to spirituality when I was 14 years old. Um, My parents were good people, but we had a a train wreck as a family. And at that time, things were very difficult. And I was actually kind of fell into a group of friends who were into mysticism. And they Mm -hmm. introduced me to the work of Aleister Crowley Mm -hmm. and Madame Blavatsky and the Golden Dawn and the Egyptian Book of the Dead. And I poured through books. I didn't know what I was reading, but I knew I needed to be there. And it was a lifeline. I, um, I was introduced to my first spiritual teacher when I was 16 years old, and she gave me the name Selena Matreya. And at that time, I was ready to take on a new first name, but I was 16 years old, and I didn't feel right taking on a last name. I didn't even know at that point the power of the name Matreya. Um, mm. And Matreya is a disembodied uh, master. And wow. and his belief, the belief of Maitreya, is just that we are all in cooperation and not competition, and oneness mm-hmm. is the practice. So I uh, took on the name Selena, and I moved on with my life. I got out of high school in two years, moved up to Massachusetts, and um, just for the next 10 years, studied, but also kind of took a step off to the left away from my spiritual studies when I married my first husband who was a rock drummer and life was full of so sex drugs and rock and roll and lots of fun <laughs> <laughs> very different from being a devoted spiritual student and I also found my first career which as I look back I was supremely guided into and that was a career as a guide to um, commercial photographers around the world um, I I happened to be the first person in that position. And so I was helping photographers, people, I look back now, Karen, people who work with light, who um, mm. work with exposing and bringing the light to the Interesting. Surface, right? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. really amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah, I see that. I look back and No wonder yes. your photo is so good. <laughs> well, thank you. I was admiring it the other day. <laughs> yes. I'm very fortunate. Um, And so I started working with photographers and I met my second husband and I had children and my life was really full of being, you know, building a business, being a mother, a wife. Mm. And I, you know, I had my spiritual practices. I meditated, which I desperately needed as a busy person. But then through my work as a photographer, I met my second teacher in my 40s. And it was really in my early 40s when I met Hope that I learned how to apply my spiritual practices into my daily life. And my entire life 
shifted. I've now been working with her for over 20 years. And so it's really been in the last 25 years of my life that my whole life has shifted through the practices that I use. And spirit started channeling through me about 18 years ago, sitting with my teacher. And spirit told me then, here I was, a mother of two children, uh, had a busy career as a consultant. I was writing books. I was lecturing around the world. And spirit channeled through and said, well, you're to be a teacher. And it's not going to happen now as a teacher, but your life is changing and your work will be to help people make their life their practice. And so I started just giving evening workshops. There were spiritual centers, yoga centers were starting at that point. This is 20 years ago. And so on top of everything else, I started being of service. I worked with neighbors to save land in our community. We saved over 180 acres. I worked to mm. save a theater. I created a nonprofit. And then because service was important. And then I also just started creating a lot of um, evening lectures and workshops I and groups that would come to my home and meet uh, in two different groups came and met for four years in my home every every week. So I just started, you know, teaching without really being a teacher as a profession. Gotcha. And yeah, so that was that part of my life. And then when my kids were grown, we're fast forwarding. And I was a single mom for the last 15 years and the primary caregiver for my kids. And um, then my kids are grown and they've met women they loved. They were in graduate school. It was time to sell our house that I had supported for so long. And so I was moving to New York to finally move into being a teacher full time. And I was going to weed away my consulting and kind of slow it down. And then two days before closing on my house, I went to clean it for the last time. And a woman ran a red light. So this was literally, Karen, the first day of the next part of my life. My house had been cleaned out. My kids were, you know, took all the stuff they needed. I was Mm going to get my car after my closing, have a vacation, my first vacation in eight years. And Mm -hmm. I was then going to move to New York. Everything was headed to New York City. And um, then a woman ran a red light and everything changed. Wow. So 70 miles an hour, you told me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I had, uh, it's kind of helpful just for the conversation, but I had an Audi sports car and um, I was sitting at a traffic light that I'd been at thousands of times in 20 years, a very long light. I actually had the thought, Karen, that maybe I should go to the right and go the back way so I don't have to sit at the light. And I thought, no, I'm in no rush. This is this is my first day of my vacation and I'm just going to sit here and be patient. And then I put the top up on the car because there were clouds coming and it would have been down. And thank goodness I did that Mm. because as I traveled into the intersection, a woman came from the left 70 miles an hour in a van and she blew through the traffic light and hit my car. And I didn't see her coming. I was going at a very slow speed because I was just starting to go into the intersection. But what happened is my car filled with tremendous light. It was the most incredible experience. And I was, um, I was knocked out on impact because the, the force of the impact was so great. And then I'm told she spun me around several times and I was directed to a light pole. Um, and somewhere in the process, I, I had the experience 
Well, I just didn't exist. And I, I, I don't put words to that experience because it's so amazingly holy, but it was, it was just the most incredible experience not to exist. And I have that feeling to this day, wow. which is tremendous gift, tr- tremendous gift. Um, and so my experience was that I came to in the car and the car was moving and I heard a voice say, steer to the right. So I did. And I, I don't know how, I don't know what that meant because quite honestly, I was not completely back in my body. I'm thinking. Um, mm-hmm. And then the car stopped and um, spirit and I had a conversation in the car and spirit was very clear and said that this was a spiritual directed event that I would not have a broken bone or a scratch because that would not, that distraction would not be purposeful, but that I would be taken out of my life for several years. And it was for them to be able to rewire my frequencies. And this was actually my answer to my prayers for all those years to help me be a teacher. And my job was to just surrender to the entire Mm. experience of trust. And so I went to the hospital in an ambulance. They had to use the jaws of life to get me out of the car because the impact was so great that the door that she hit was my driver door. Thank gosh, I was in a very good car. And thank goodness I put my top up. I can't imagine what would have happened had I not. We don't want to go there. Well, Audi convertible is not exactly a big car. No, it's a small car. I had an A4, thank goodness, but it, Audis are made of metal. They are so mm. solid. So ah. when the door was hit, it jammed right into my side, but that was it. If you had walked around this car with the exception of that door, you would not have known I was in an accident, even though I was spun around three times. I was actually told, and here's another piece of the miracle of it, I was told by the state trooper. I lived in a tiny, tiny town uh, right by Concord, where the revolution began in Massachusetts. And I was told by a state trooper that um, the witnesses said that after I was spun around, she was dragging me over to a light pole. And if I had hit the pole, my car would have exploded because I had already been impacted in a, you know, when she first hit me. And remember, Spirit said, steer to the right. So I can only assume that that was the direction I was given to stay away from there. But she said when my car landed and she had to measure it, I landed an inch and a half from the pole, my front 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 bender so bender yeah my front my front (laughs) I still have a hard time sometimes pulling words um my front fender so I went to the hospital and there I didn't have a broken bone I didn't have a cut and we all thought this was incredibly amazing because of the tremendous nature of the impact um and then three days later I couldn't walk down a hallway and that began a six-year journey that ended just about last year. I'm, I still, I just started driving again or trying to drive this year. I've driven four or five times and um, it's still a little dicey for me, but I'm making headway. But for the first three and a half years, I had two hours a day where I was not in a state where I needed to lie down and have quiet. So for three and a half years, I had two hours. I mean, I was completely taken out of my life. My business stopped. My life stopped. I went to New York. 
I landed in an apartment that was perfect for what I needed. Um, but I couldn't, you know, New York is not where you want to be with a brain injury. And so I had all this time to connect with source. And it was when your brain is injured, what I discovered, Karen, is that there's a whole other paradigm of existence that I had entree to without any effort at all. Mm. And it was a very powerful place to be. And so I just surrendered to the experience. I just, you know, I I just did. I didn't know how I was going to make money. I didn't know when I'd be able to work. Um, so the whole idea of the next step of your life was taken to a very um, intense degree, but I literally, um, I just, I just surrendered into it and spent a great deal of time communing with spirit. And um, no, I had no worry. It was remarkable. All the things I had. That worked is towards, remarkable. Yeah, as a spiritual student, all the things I had worked towards, I, um, I could achieve with absolutely no effort. But I couldn't do anything else. I couldn't cook. I couldn't have a conversation for too long. I couldn't read. Um, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't go on buses or trains without great effort. So it was a very different life. And then my brain started to heal about three and a half years into it. And the healing's been progressive. And now I'm back to my world, but I'm a very different person. And I loved who I was. And I also loved the differences. And my connection with source is 24 seven. Mm, that's beautiful. Now I know <laughs> folks on on the call are probably wondering on a, you know, that left brain likes to kick in and say on a practical basis, how did you pay your rent? How did you find food to eat? How you know what? How did that? Now you manifested all all that, but we want to know like like what exactly happened on the physical plane? Yeah, <laughs> to well, support you in surviving. Be- Yeah, I don't mind uh, being as clear with you as I can. By the time I was going to New York, I had worked very hard to have both my businesses, the spiritual teaching I was doing, which was a very small part of my income, and my photography, which was a large part online. I had worked, I'd spent lots of money with a consultant so that I could have an online business with my photography, with the understanding being that when I moved to New York, I would just focus on my spiritual teaching because I'd have this passive income that definitely isn't passive. You need to, you know, put effort into it. But that was it. Um, I was not a wealthy person. I had not a dime in my savings account before I um, sold my house because I was a single parent of two boys Mm -hmm. and I was 90% responsible. Their dad's a great guy, but I was the provider and I was 90% responsible for them. And we lived in a very expensive place. And that was, I had a whole business plan. You know, my business plan was to put into them and keep them going in their home. And then when I moved to New York, I'd focus on me. And so here was my time to focus on me. And and so when I this happened, I had a very small amount of money from my house, from the equity in my house, because I had used that to keep us going the whole time. I was pretty smart about that. So I had very little money. And so I had a very little money and I had a very I had a thirty five hundred dollar a month apartment. Because it would have been no no problem to to take care of that, you know, with where I was going. I mean, I was on that kind of a track. But there I was with a $3,500 a month apartment and very little money. So and you said you invested in a coach to help you put stuff online, right? Yeah, so I did. So you were putting money, you had put money, like, you know, I mean, 
how much does that kind of stuff cost? Well, that part isn't really part of the story because that was an investment that happened before this ever happened. So that was already taken care of. But you can't, I mean, when you have an online but business. But you were guided you, to do that prior to all this happening. Yes, this was, yes, but that wasn't a part of my income because that had to stop. Everything had to stop. I couldn't, oh. I couldn't consult with a client. I couldn't go online and have an online webinar. Oh, I couldn't write I newsletters. I couldn't write any of the mailers that you needed. So that whole gotcha. investment, that whole investment was lost. And oh, it was over $20,000 lost. Wow. My income stopped. I had an income stream that was quite extensive, had to stop. So there I was just knowing that I had to trust. And that's where Ooh. I was. I just trusted. And one of the things that happened that really was helpful was that I had two clients I had worked with for years, and they were willing to continue working with me for the two hours a day I had to focus. And so Mm -hmm. I would meet with each one of them uh, once a week during one of the two hours I had to, to help to do whatever they needed. And that wasn't painful for my brain because it's work I had done for almost 30 years. So Mm. that kept me going. And then Spirit put a conversation, uh, a conversation that happened. And this was something that happened that kind of speaks to where you were going. Right before my car event, I had a conversation with my largest competitor in the world of photography, who I have a great relationship with. And I mentioned to them a product I had, a, a, a teaching product for photographers that I wanted to sell to them. And so after my car event, about four weeks later, this gentleman called me and um, wanted to continue discussions. And I told him about my car event, but I didn't specifically, I did not tell him how bad off I was. And I was pretty bad. Um, and uh, we continued negotiations um, during the one slot that I would have a two hour, you know, two hours a day. I would mm-hmm. put whatever had to be done into that. And that was it for wow. me. So things were done very slowly, but I ended up selling him a license to this, which kept me going for two partially for two and a half years and Mm, it was amazing that I mean who would have known um so that was the gift I think that spirit came along and facilitated that kept me going but that was also the beginning of me changing my lifestyle I moved within a year because when you have a brain injury nobody can tell you how long it's going to take for it to heal and because I walked out without a broken bone or a scratch. My neurologist said, oh, probably a couple of weeks. And I was seeing her every week. I'm sorry, I was seeing her every month. I was having to go back to Boston and because um, there I was in New York and I'd have to take a train back to Boston, which was very difficult. And every month, you know, after three months, it's, well, maybe it'll be six months. After six months, maybe it'll be a year. After a year, it's this mm. is as good as you're going to get. So in a year, my doctors told me that two hours a day of focus was all I was going to have. And I was, spirit told me, no, that's not it. You'll be fully recovered, but it will take some time. So I had to make adjustments in my life and make many, many adjustments. And every year since my car injury, my, my, I had to watch my income go down and down and down and down and down. And uh, finally, as of last year, um, it went down so low that, it was pretty close to being un- 
un, you know, in, what's the word is it? I was going to say unintentable, but that's not, there's not a word. Sometimes I still confuse words. Um, it was difficult. And so I yeah. just looked at that and made other decisions. So there's been, I've had to make practical decisions, but they've all been decisions that have been very much tied into what I need to learn in my own personal journey to continue to move into trust and faith and away from egoic response. So it has been a very challenging journey. I won't say it has been difficult because it has been the greatest gift of my life. And the connection I experience with source is tremendous. So it's been, and, you know, teachers, teachers who are authentic, they live what they teach. And Mm -hmm. this experience, as Spirit said, was in so many ways because it had such great difficulty, my my work is all about, as you stated in your introduction, how to recognize difficulty and then how to transform it into peace. And that's what this entire experience has been day after day. It's been one challenge after another and giving me an opportunity to turn it into peace. And I got to say, I've shown up and done the work. I know, I know. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I appreciate you for, you know, what, what you're doing, what you're helping, what you're um, modeling uh, Thank for you. everyone. And I think it's very inspirational as so many people, including my tribe members, um, it's almost like a habit, I guess, maybe an unconscious, mass consciousness habit, where we feel that life is going well when we can tick off the things that we have on our list that we want to experience and it needs to be in this order. <laughs> you know, it's true. I work, a lot of my students are people that my students fall into two categories. They're either people who have done well in their life. They have checked off those lists. They've done all the things that they thought that they needed to do. And they've, they've received a life that looks like what they want, but they're bereft in their spiritual world. And mm. so they still don't feel um, as if they are living the spiritual practices that they have. They may be meditating, they may go to yoga, but still they feel that there's something missing in their life or their spiritual teachers or their leaders or their coaches who also feel that um, they have a good life, but they may not, they may not, there's a piece of authenticity that's missing. And that authenticity is always the connection with the divine. Mm. Mm, that's beautiful. Um, well, if I, if I can paraphrase from some of the students who are in great financial difficulty right now, uh, I think th- this interview is super, super important for them to listen to. Um, because I don't, I haven't necessarily gone through what they've gone through, you know, and I think it's mm-hmm. really great for them to listen to someone who has gone through something extremely challenging and difficulty, um, you know, including financially and that trust piece. Wow. That is yeah. so, so important. It's, it's, it's one thing to say it, but another thing to actually, you know, be in that space. So why, yeah. why do you truly believe that, you know, difficulty challenges are meant to be a transformational tool in our lives? Well, it actually was something that Spirit told me um, many, many years ago. Um, 
Spirit told me that we, you know, we are energy in form. We've got to get a little background here. We're, we're energy in form. I think most people who are listening today and, and, and you as well would agree, right? We're energy mm-hmm. in form. And that is a paradox. I mean, what's more paradoxical than energy in form? And our earth is held together by paradoxical forces. That's what holds us in place. Um, so our experience here is a very paradoxical experience. And, and Spirit said that the reason we were placed here, that we come to Earth, is because Earth is, Earth is difficult. Life is difficult. And each time we have a difficulty, we have the opportunity to remember who we truly are, which is love. Because when we're born... And we're born into a body. The very first thing that happens is we, we exhale our first breath. And the breath has been defined as the physical manifestation of the soul. So when we breathe that air out and we begin our journey, that air is the high frequency of who we are. And we're multidimensional mm-hmm. beings. We have a body, physical body. We have a physical brain. We develop as we go along in our life a history in this life that we can't hold in the palm of our hand, but it's there nonetheless. And the same thing with our personality. We have a personality that, that we can't hold in the palm of our hand but it, it, it's governing what we're doing. And then we have frequency. We are frequency. You know that as a doctor. You know, EKGs, EEGs, they measure the frequency in the mm-hmm. heart, the frequency of the brain. So the frequency of the heart is a high-frequency energy of love that we breathed out of our body with our first breath. And the frequency, the low frequency we have is the frequency of pain. And so that's guiding us at all times. So the frequency of love is what we're here to remember and activate within our multidimensional being whenever we experience difficulty. So spirit Mm. says, your world is difficult and you're, you're conditioned in that world to forget who you are. The minute you step on that planet, you forget that you are of love and that that is meant to be your guiding principle, that the high frequency of love within us is meant to be our guidance system. But we have allowed our brain to be our guidance system. We have over-invested in our brain, which is a brilliant mechanism. Don't we both know that? Um, But it's not meant to guide us. It's meant to structure. It's meant to figure out. Um, I was told by uh, neuroscientists that the brain doesn't create a new it recognizes that which it knows and creates structure around it so Mm -hmm. that which it knows is a frequency Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. if we are in a frequency of pain right if if we are in a low frequency of pain then the brain's going to start structuring thoughts and feelings which are defined as thoughts moving through your body as difficulty and worry and and agony. But if we're in a high frequency, if we're in the energy of love, different thoughts and different feelings are developed. So we were brought here because this is a difficult place. There's a lot of wonderful things that happen, but it's a difficult place. And we're conditioned as we live here, you know, to sit inside of that difficulty. And, and, And we're not taught 
that we have a high frequency. We're not taught that we're meant to access the love that we are and actualize it in our life. But that's what this work is about. It's my work is to help people to recognize that they have a choice of response to difficulty and that all difficulty is meant to remind them to choose love as a response. Because as we choose love, we are able, we are in that frequency and we create our mm. next moment from that frequency because yes, we don't I love right, it. we don't create our next moment from what happens to us or lands in our lap we create our next moment from our response to it so if we yes. respond to, to chaos with more of it we're creating our next moment from it but if we can learn to recognize and use difficulty as an alert system to remind us to shift our frequency and then we're responding in the next moment from a frequency, a higher frequency of love. So we're creating the next moment that we move ahead with from a different frequency than landed. And I know I just mm-hmm. kind of threw a lot out there and I hope it was clear, but, but that would be well, good. I, well, I totally resonate. And I, I know that my tribe has heard it before, but it's so great to hear it in this way and, and have that validation <laughs> from someone who's living it. Uh, and, and what you've gone through and continue to grow through, uh, because it's one thing in my mind, it's one thing to be in a place where we kind of quote unquote know that, okay, yeah, we're supposed to, you know, take these challenges, which I call abundance challenges, by the way, or, you know, instead of obstacles or difficulties, or whatever. So I call them abundance challenges. So it's like this, um, it's like a mini uh, reminder, test, whatever you want to call it, to say, okay, how are you going to respond to this? And then whatever your response is manifests the next, you know, your future reality. And it's one thing when everything's going well, right? To go, oh, I'm in yoga, I'm so spiritual, everything's so great, right? <laughs> but it's another thing necessarily when things are challenging and difficult and, and one is in pain or having brain injury, not being able to think, you know, for more than two hours a day, to still be able to be in that space of complete surrender, letting go and connecting to source and trusting. So I think there's so many people, including there's a lot of movies about that, like The Shack, for example, you know, like where people are very religious, and are, you know, feel great with, with what they're doing until a tragedy happens in their life. And then they feel abandoned and then they feel um, betrayed because they, that they, there was a myth that, well, things bad shouldn't happen to me if I'm on the spiritual path. And that's not really a true. So I, I really appreciate that you are going through what you're going through and being that, um, that person who we can look up to. And uh, realize, wow, here's someone who can really surrender. If she can do it, then I can do it. So thank you well, for that. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate that. I, I feel something that's really important to point out is, you know, there's that wonderful phrase um, that had a lot of new meaning for me, that God doesn't give you more than you can handle. And for me, the God is within all of us. God, you know, the oneness, which um, is my mantra, um, is the high frequency energy of love that is inside us and outside of us. Um, I had 20 years of practice before this happened. And I pointed out only because 
um, I truly believe that the divine gave me an experience that lasted this long, that looks to other people to be extremely challenging because I was prepared to surrender. Um, mm. So I, I mentioned that not to, not to pump myself up, but to say to people, don't feel as if, you know, this is the only way to reach the divine. Don't be concerned that something traumatic is going to happen to you in order to have your awakening, if you will, because my awakening was for 20 years before this. And it's really in our daily life in very small circumstances that we can really affect great change. So that's, you know, that's, the purpose, I think, the importance, rather, that's the importance, a part of the importance of, of what I'd love to share is that it's in, as you started early saying, and I thought it was really quite beautiful what you were sharing, and I really appreciated it. Thank you. That it's really in the small moments of our life. It's in the it's in the driving on the roads with the irritation that exists and the anger that exists. It's, it's standing in that line on a supermarket when you got to get out the door and there's a person in front of you uh, and the eight <laughs> items are yeah. less line with the shopping cart full. And they're trying to put things down very slowly, it seems, almost as if it's a time warp, one at a time oh, on the, so the bell, right? And you find yourself getting getting annoyed. Those are the times, the times when your teenagers just, you know, want to talk to you when they need a ride somewhere or your mother-in-law makes a, a, you know, a kind of remark. Um, Those are the small moments where we get to do the great work. And, and the work is really, Mm -hmm. you know, is to recognize, is to always recognize our feeling state. That's the first thing my students learn how to do is to become the watcher of of the being we we become the watcher so that we have the experience of watching as we be and then once we're able to watch we're able to acknowledge the difficult times and then we're able to use them as an alert system and then we have practices that actually shift our frequency so there are different steps we take but they're all really doable and we don't have to wait for these big cataclysmic experiences. I really feel that my mind happened that way because spirit had an awful lot to give me and wanted to take me out of my life in order for that to happen. And they knew I was ready for what, what they had in mind. But, but, but I just want people to know that we're, we're asked every day, you know, with the whole political situation, the, 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 the difficulty around the world where, where we are caring people and we're affected by that. We have mm. so many opportunities in our life, Karen, so many well know, right? <laughs> right. Now you're a skater, right? Mm-hmm. Are you a skater? I'm a figure skater. Yes, yes. I've been following you on social media and I've been watching (laughs) what you've been doing. And so, you know, there, there's a lot there, even when you're working to perfect, you know, so when we're in the places in our life where we're not in difficulty, but also when we're working to perfect a talent, that's also a great place to have opportunities to bring in the practice of any difficulty being an opportunity to go to grace. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. I I think it's the, I actually find it 
just incredibly fun. Like life is so incredibly fun now. And I used to, many years ago, I subscribed to the belief that if I didn't make any mistakes and did everything right and did what I was told by my parents, my teachers, everyone like that, got the straight A's and got the MD and, you know, had this nice little practice that I would be happy. <laughs> and uh, uh, spirit's like, mm, she's not getting the message. So, <laughs> uh, so I, you know, that was just a belief that I had, but uh, I was chronically stressed. I was chronically unhappy, although I, you know, didn't look maybe unhappy to the average person, but it was always that feeling of never being good enough, never being good yeah. enough, always striving, never arriving. And so this is something that, you know, it's, 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 it's like a practice, like you connecting to source and, um, you know, being in that being state and choosing love as a response for whatever comes our way. Uh, I've, I've personally found that it's just been such an incredible practice and I bless every single moment of difficulty and joy, of course, in my life. And so I'd love for people to, you know, to get more of that. And I, and I know that um, you are going to give our listeners a free 60 minute masterclass. Um, and then we'll go to questions right after this, but it's called Become the Abundance You Seek. So maybe can you tell us a few minutes about what that is and where folks can sign up for that? Yeah, it's um, when my brain was well enough um, to start working, um, which was, I think, a couple of years ago, I I really wanted to jump back in and um part of what spirit showed mm. me was where we block our abundance. And so I created a 60-minute masterclass. It's a visual program that I speak over that will take you uh, and your listeners and the folks who are here and uh, through the four different places where we tend to block our abundance. And then uh, what happens is I offer a practice, an actual practice that can be used. So as people are going through the program and they recognize, oh, my God, that's where I'm blocking my abundance. I had no mm. idea. There's a practice there that they can use then and there that they're, they're more than welcome to continue to use, obviously, to help shift that frequency because it's all about frequency. And every time you find yourself in this place where you're taking these steps that are blocking your abundance, you're creating more frequency uh, around what you don't want. So these, right, practices, right. these practices help you to shift your way of being so you don't do that. It's not as if we're, you know, we are clearing energy, but it's really there, there are practices that you can take so that as you recognize these steps you're taking, you can stop them and shift, shift your behavior, which shifts your frequency. Uh, so that's what the program is about. Um, it does go for 60 minutes because I wanted, I, even though I understand what social media is all about today, I really wanted to create something of service, something of substance. So that's the program. And so as you listen to it and I lay out all the, places you might be blocking your abundance you can see you know um, where you recognize yourself and then you can take one of the practices that's offered um, and shift your frequency mm. oh that's great it's very and powerful how do people find it um, I believe we supplied you with a link that people can um, I don't know if you put it on your website or not but oh, I know okay. in the initial yeah. um, um, I think it's on here um, 
on the bottom of the site there, maybe. I think there's a link to it. And um, they can just go there and it will pop up. And there's an opportunity at the end if they want to talk with me or move further, they can. And if not, then this is my gift to them. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So on the radio show link, in case you are listening live or on, on the replay, if you scroll down to the bottom of the description, there's a link um, that's highlighted, hyperlinked rather. It's called Become the Abundance You Seek Masterclass. So just check in there uh, for the free gift. And uh, we do have someone with their hand up. So I would love to take this caller if you're ready for that. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. So I'm going to say the area code. Of the caller says, tell us your first name and uh, how we can support you. So area code 540. Hi there. Who's it? Hi, Karen. This is Lynn Wood. Hey, Lynn. Hey. We've spoken once or twice over the last three or four years, and I'm fascinated by this topic, and I really appreciate you sharing your story, Selena. Um, oh, you're most welcome. You know, the... The difficulties are there, and um, I like to hear people be honest and say Earth is a challenging place to learn. Um, so I guess my question would be, I've, um, I've been diagnosed bipolar. Dr. Karen and I talked about this once, and I'm sure that that is not true. Um, I just blew the psychiatrist away. He didn't know what to do with me. And I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if star seed or you know I'm a very sensitive person and I still have to deal with major depression at times um, I can be so perfectly friendly and outgoing with my friends and genuinely so and then uh, I have a dark side that makes me not want to get up sometimes Well, you know, I certainly, um, I certainly am very appreciative of your honesty as well and sharing your story. Um, I always feel that we all have areas in our life that are really difficult. Whether, and I have a lot of a lot of students who um, experience, and I don't like to use the word suffer. I like to use the word experience because words have vibration to them. Mm-hmm. Um, they experience anxiety or worry. My youngest son has been diagnosed bipolar um, in his um, senior year of high school. And it sounds as if you have a spiritual path because you talk about star seeds and you have an understanding that in the spiritual world, it's recognized that the labels we put on people in the physical world, while they're helpful in some respects so that they can be prescribed medication if that's important to them or treatment through psychiatry that's important to them. There are also times, as there is with with anything in the world, there are things that help us and there are, you know, the same thing that helps us can hurt us. So sometimes diagnoses um, and labels, diagnoses are helpful, but labels are not always. I would Mm. just suggest you honor those times that are difficult and you find a practice to fill yourself with the high frequency of love. If you've been, been, go ahead. Yeah, I'm. I really am trying to do that. I have to say, I'm 71 years old, mm-hmm. and I've been following a spiritual path. Often, you know, how to do that 
some ups and some downs. And I, I have a clear sense now, after lots of these years, is I was in an abusive childhood. I had an abusive childhood, and I've dealt some with that trauma. And I have physical things like possibly mold toxicity that could be influencing this. So I'm aware of all these different factors. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of trying to eliminate them so that I can feel grounded um, more often. I'm I'm very grateful that I've learned what I have and I can mm-hmm. do practices. I'm not a very good meditator, but I try hard. I've listened to Chopra three or four times this morning already on his 21-day meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure how to pick off. Well, I go with spirit. Like this morning it was, okay, it's one of those days you're going to have to do some coffee enemas. So I'm glad I can Woo-hoo. still get up down <laughs> off the bathroom floor. Um, so the pieces, I guess, it's trying to deal with the pieces. And the practitioners, you know, look at me with integrative people are the only ones that I go to. But I'm still um, a real hard person to nail down, and I don't know if I'm a starseed. Um, I've never... Could I suggest that, um, might I suggest that you not try to necessarily nail yourself down and have to have a definition for who you are? Mm -hmm. Because it might serve you more to do exactly what you're doing, which is to see your medical practitioners and to seek their advice and to move forward with what intuitively feels right for you and to continue to put your attention on spiritual practices that will enable you in the most difficult of your physical times to still be able to experience light and love. That might be something that you might want to bring in more. And if you want to send me an email at S-E-L-I-N-A at S-E-L-I-N-A Maitreya, my last name, I'd be more than happy dot com. I'd be more than happy to send you a copy of um, a meditation that I have that would fill you with light and love during the times when you feel you need it most. Um, Because the practice of learning how to turn our difficulty into peace is certainly an ongoing one. And that's something you can begin to learn should you choose to. But this meditation will fill you with high frequency energy. It's kind of like getting a shot of vitamin E, like a super duper shot of vitamin E, if you would. Um, but but vitamin L, vitamin love. And, and it will help uh-huh. you during your most difficult times. And I'd be happy to send that to you to be of service. I would be most grateful uh, because My I, pleasure. Listen, I listen to meditations like that during the night because I have so much trouble sleeping. Mm-hmm. So if we get off the phone, you will get an email from me and my address. <laughs> it starts will... with T, so you know who it is. And tell me your name again, please. My name is Lynn Wood. Lynn Wood, the okay. Email is Shanti, S-H-A-N-T-I. I will look for that. I will look for that and send Aww. that off today to you for sure. My That's pleasure. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you, so much. Thank you for your call. Thank yes, you. Thank you for calling in. I'm going to meet you now, Lynn. And uh, just for all of our, the listeners who are joining us live, 
The number to call in to uh, get some support from Selena is 818-514-1190. And just hit one so we know your hand is up. You could also type that into the chat that I've opened up. So 818-514-1190 and hit one. Yeah, so thank you, Lynn, for sharing that. And, and Selena, this is, uh, I think, very common for many of us that have, myself included, that have physical uh, symptoms, so to speak, is that mm-hmm. we are trying so hard to get rid of the symptom right? because it's uncomfortable, myself included. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, there's a, there's, there's gold in the symptom and that's what you're teaching us. That's it. And, and, and here's the other piece is we can, and this would be a, a whole other great show if you w- wanted to cover it is, is resist it. Because what mm. happens is our natural tendency as human beings is to resist any pain, whether that pain is physical, mental, uh, or emo- you know, emotional and understandably so. But what spirit teaches us is that in pushing, trying to push away the pain, we never do because we are our attention. Like if, if the, I have free weights sitting on my floor and if I pick them up each time I use them to build my biceps, my biceps are growing whether I see it or not because it takes a long time, you know, for the biceps to grow. But if they just, if those weights just sit on the floor, nothing happens because when I put my attention on building those muscles, the muscles grow where our consciousness is a muscle. And when mm-hmm. we put our, what we put our attention on grows. So when we put our attention on not wanting the pain, we are actually creating more of that pain because we're putting our attention on it. When we shift our attention to the outcome rather than the experience we're now having. I'm putting my attention on being free of pain. I'm putting my attention on health and well-being and what will it look like and what will it feel like? And we start to visualize Mm -hmm. what it looks like and what it feels like. And Lynn, if you're here now listening to this, this is a great practice for you as well. Put your attention on what it looks like and what it will feel like and feel in your body this new iteration of who you wish to be and you put your attention there you're creating more of that so we have the wrong method for experiencing pain we try to push it away we resist it and we know that expression what resists persists well it's more than that what we put our attention on what we resist is putting our attention on what we don't want so what we're actually doing inadvertently is creating more of what we don't want. So what I suggest people do is when that pain happens, even the physical pain, and I, I had true physical pain with my brain injury. My, I, the idea of trying to read a newspaper, it was physically, literally painful for the brain. So um, whenever we have any kind of pain, the idea is not to sit with the, is, is to, not to sit and focus on the pain, but to bring our, our thoughts and our attention, our whole being, all parts of our multidimensionality to what will it look like when I will be healthy? 
And, and you, you can't be cold and hot at the same time. You can't be sick and well at the same time. You can't be in pain and projecting into this high-frequency energy of health and love at the same time. So as soon as you start to transfer your attention, you're transferring your experience. Mm-hmm. And, and definitely it's a, pra- it's a practice so that we are mm-hmm. conditioned from, from birth as yep. humans to th- that, that knee jerk response is don't, you know, get away from pain, get away from pain, get away from pain. And, and, um, and I, and it's a practice for myself as well. Uh, where I've gone through is to a place of when some symptom occurs, I register that as, oh, you know, that's uncomfortable or just like yesterday, I, for no reason, they, uh, you know, I got up from sitting and uh, my right knee hurt. And I was like, oh, when did I remember that? Oh, yeah, that was sort of like when I used to think that I had a meniscus tear, you know, years ago. And that went away, you know, so it was this. So it's this instantaneous, okay, now what are you going to do about it, Karen? You know, what are you going to think about it? So for me, that that uh, I tend to be one of those people that tends in the past to try to ignore stuff, including my negative emotions. So mm-hmm. for me, the practice is to accept, like, oh, I'm noticing this pain now. You know, I'm noticing this discomfort. It's not what I prefer. And I'm going to be curious about it. So that's where I'm well, that's it exactly. in between that's- place of curiosity rather than this, Oh my God, it has to go away, right? So it's like, hmm, and, and and good for you because curiosity is not. I would I would I would respectfully say curiosity isn't an in between place. It's a high frequency. It's an open mm. state. So you're doing a beautiful thing. You're doing exactly that. You're recognizing that which is. You're noticing that that which is doesn't serve you, but as it doesn't serve for you to sit inside of it, but if you know, it's an alert system and you said, Oh, okay. Now it's my time to go to open curiosity. That's exactly it. And from that state, you create the next minute. So what you're doing is exactly what we're talking about. And, and that is such a a perfect example. You know, my son is a psychologist at a junior high school. um, And he looks like he's a high school student, but he's a psychologist. And and I, I was sharing, with him this practice and he said mama I'm concerned it sounds like you're asking people to stuff their emotions and I said no no listen up let's go through this again because you never stuff your emotions we always acknowledge what's happening because our thoughts and our emotions they are our guide to how we are they're our guide that we are witnessing the thoughts we are witnessing the emotions and then we're choosing to actively shift any thoughts and emotions that do not serve into higher frequency. This is why I've always had um, a bit of difficulty with parts of the new age movement that just say, you know, you mm-hmm. are what you are, what you think, change your thoughts, change your life. Cause it's not, you are what you think it's you, you know, it's change your frequency, change your life because the thoughts are the byproduct of the frequency. The brain creates structure around the frequency. So if you're trying to change your thoughts and you can't change your thoughts, try changing your frequency because the frequency are what these thoughts are created around. So we need those thoughts and those emotions. They serve so many purposes and they serve as an alert for us to be the witness of who we are so we can then have the option to change it. But most people are walking around inside thinking they're one-dimensional beings. I, me, my, what, what is happening is all there is. 
But when you become the witness of your life, you have space between your experience, you know, between your experience and your response to it. And in that space is the choice. So you're Mm -hmm. doing exactly what we're talking about, my dear. Perfect example. Beautiful (laughs) example. No, thank you. You've just given us a beautiful example. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's what that's wonderful to hear. And um, it's funny because my students we, we we giggle about it a little bit because uh, uh, we're learning to change our languaging around that. I'm sure you know you do a lot of that with your clients and students is that languaging and and yeah. um, because the, the the language can be very resistant. So if we say, "Oh, that's interesting," or "That's curious," it's a much more open space than saying that's bad. Well, if you were to, yeah, my pain is bad. I don't, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And one of the, one of the tools in the Become the Abundance You Seek series that I'm offering people is just that. It's, it's, it's a phrase called, isn't that curious? And I use, isn't that curious as a response to when I see judgment. Many of us Mm -hmm. are in judgment, judgment of ourselves, judgments of other people, judgments of situations. And when we're in judgment and usually harsh judgment, we are energetically shifting the outcome. So when we're able to learn how how to recognize when we're in judgment and how to shift out of that, and it can be as easy as, isn't that curious? Because we're shifting judgment as a closed negative state. We're shifting into an open state. Well, then we're having this, this hack, this life hack, that we, we may find ourselves every moment of every day going into, isn't that, you know, isn't that curious? But we're, we're taking those steps to make those shifts and changes. And that's the beauty mm-hmm. of this work, is that it's not about anybody else. It's not about the difficulty that lands. It's truly about us accepting responsibility for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is amazing. I, I, I totally resonate uh, with that. And, and I find myself every day, little things that could be, you know, my husband watching uh, a violent video on YouTube or laughing about it and me going, that's not funny to me, you know, <laughs> and then realizing, wow, now I'm in judgment, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, or get, or maybe I segue into that judgment and then going, oh, there it is. That's that feeling you know, that, that judgment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and then recognizing that and then choosing response from that. So not taking it personally, not criticizing him for whatever his choice is, you know, uh, that kind of thing. So there's always these amazing opportunities every single day in all of our lives uh, to, to make a different choice or make the highest choice. And uh, I love that your program really empowers people to do this on a daily practical, you know, basis and the other days. Well, thank you. I do too. I'm feeling, I feel very grateful for the work I've been given to do and very grateful to you for giving us all an opportunity to hear about it. And thank you for all of the great work you're doing to bring people here that help us all become more conscious individuals because gosh knows we need as much light as we can in the world. So thank you, Karen, for all of your work. Uh, My pleasure. My pleasure. And just a reminder for those that 